Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we're talking to Anvil Crawler. Check it out. All right. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I am talking to Ed, Nick, Jason, and Robbie from Anvil Crawler. How you guys doing? Good. Doing good. Happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. I'm happy you guys are here because it's been forever since I actually first, it was the very first time I saw you and I don't think I've seen you since. Um, it was 2018. So like a generation, like pre-pandemic, it was at yeah. Oigsfest um, yeah. at Max yeah. and you guys came on stage and I, I was like, what in the fuck is going on? It was, <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, this is like the wild shit. And then I was like, you know, you're, you know, I, I don't remember what you started off with on that set, but got in a little ways. I'm like, there's going to be no vocals. It's all instrumental. I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm uh, very happy to have you guys on here. Um, I wanted to like kind of get the origin story and it's kind of a two part question. The first part is like, how did you come up with the name Anvil Crawler? And then how did the band come together? Um, I think the name was pitched when we were, Nick and I played in another band uh, called Dead Hour Noise, and we were playing a show in Detroit, and we drove through a storm, and I don't even know if we had started jamming with Jason yet. We may have, but we, we had these songs, we were playing them, we, we had an idea of starting another band, and um, somehow by the time we got to this show in uh, Tantramic, I think it was at Kelly's, um, Nick was talking about lightning because there was tons of lightning in the storm we drove through and um, tons of sideways lightning. I think I think I looked up what it was or something. Like, oh, yeah, it's, they're called Anvil Cars. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, but we should, that, 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 um, that ended up being a band name. That was it. Let's hold on to that one for a yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just wondering if maybe somebody was a meteorologist. Oh, yeah. All of us by trade. My grandfather's a meteorologist. Uh, oh, so cool. Yeah, there you go. It's kind of like, uh, and then all the songs uh, on that EP ended up being named after, loosely based on the movie Twister. Um, because we finished recording, we were ready, ready to put it out, but we didn't have any name. Um, and somehow it's. Just name it Weather Nakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one or Bill Paxton. Yeah, Bill yeah, Paxton. Bill he just passed away. I think that's why. Oh, that yeah, 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 yeah. That was right around that time. That, that, that's where the Twister concept came from. Yeah, what a beast. <laughs> Bill Paxton, fighting Predator, fighting Aliens, fighting Twisters. He's done it all. Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crazy. So, uh, so what, when did you guys, uh, how did you know... Uh, um, Jason and, and Robbie, how did you guys cook up? Um, we played a lot of shows with Jason at that point. So I think this is like 2016, 2017. Um, we, previous bands that we had both done, like when they still had Croatone going back in the day, I had Dozik and Jack Pine Snag. We kind of just crossed paths and known each other at that point. Yeah, the funny thing is, they wanted you to be the bass player initially. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was uh, I was already playing bass in Jack Pine Snag and said, no, I want to play guitar in a band again. So, yeah. And then it's like, well, what do you do for a bass player? And I don't know if you thought of me or... We, well, Jason mentioned you, but we had already been thinking about you just because we'd seen Robbie at a bunch of shows and we definitely had a ton in common musically. Um, and we had seen him play bass in a band before, but we didn't know that he actually didn't own a bass. Yeah, the last band, <laughs> the last band I was in, they literally like gave me all of my equipment. They gave me a bass. I so I owned nothing. Okay, I played guitar mainly, and so when they had like offered me to be a bass player for them, I'm just like hell yeah. And so I went out, got a credit card, and I like bought all the gear that I needed. <laughs> hey man, join our band. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, awesome. <laughs> uh, so I think it was uh, in February you guys released Hot Electrifying Color 
Yeah. And that, that album is a masterpiece. It's fantastic. And what I, on top of the awesome music, um, what I really love is the names of the tunes that you guys came up with. Like, <laughs> like Glaucus and what is it? Sam, Sam, Sam uh, Smurgdeen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I think it's pronounced Smurgdeen. Oh my God. Yeah. That's awesome. I, and you know, I, I love this about, um, you know, more of the either progressive or metal bands, they, they pull shit out of the woodwork that you have to then go look up. So I was like Googling all these words. I'm like, holy shit, these are all different. Like they're real colors, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like the, the Glaucus, I think it's like a blue gray or something like that. Uh, yeah, but, that's a kind of purple. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was wild. So uh, the, the album's awesome. And, uh, but I'm, I'm really curious, like, like, what was the concept? How did the name Hot Electrifying Color come up? And how did the names of the tunes come about? I'm so glad you asked. The funny thing is, is like everything seems so like normal and like conservative, but then when you get the name Hot Electrifying Color, like how I came across that, um, <laughs> it was kind of a joke to begin with, but we liked it. Um, so my ex-wife, her father so my father-in-law at the time he lived in tennessee and he was just a hoarder he just like had a bunch of stuff so when you come and visit he's like i got a box of stuff for you guys like gifts for everybody but it's all just like you know junkie headlining around the house <laughs> so he asked me one day he was like hey do you like movies i'm like yeah sure i like movies i'm like great i got a bunch of movies for you so i got this box it's all duct taped up and i open it up and it's all adult films <laughs> like eight millimeter adult films and I'm looking through all of these and I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? So I started giving them away as like gag gifts and stuff. <laughs> but I came across one that had like a bunch of rock stars on it. Of course, like doing adult film things on the cover. But on the side of it, it said now in hot electrifying color. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, that sounds sweet. And there's rock stars on it. And so I showed it to the guy and I'm like, yep, let's do it. <laughs> And this time, that was the name of the album before we even started recording. So yeah, we had the name picked out long before the album was written. <laughs> so then, uh, then did did you when you were like, um, well, two? There's a couple questions, but like the song names, like did you just like go through and like how did those come up? I mean, so um, I think it's pronounced sinits. Synesthesia. It's like this. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's, people associate color with sound or music. Yeah. Um, I think I have like a mild version of that. Um, and I basically like just kind of like picked colors that um, I associate with the songs, and then just looked up crazy ass obscure names for them, and that's it. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. It could just be like purple, blue. It had to be something weird. Green, uh, ochre, amaranth. Yeah, mysterious. Yeah, I I love it. I think it's great. You know, it it fits the title. Plus, you know, it makes you think. You know, while you're while you're listening to the music, you can like Google the name and go, "Wow, this is wild." And then try to associate it too, because that's what I did when I was listening to it. Because then I was like how is this tune Glaucus, you know, and listening to it and like going, oh, wow. Is it? So um, that kind of gets into the next question. Like, what is the songwriting process like for you guys? Because your songs are so, um, there's a lot of like dynamics. There's a lot of nuance, and intense amount of layering of of um, different riffs and, and motifs. So I'm, I'm just wondering, like, how does that all come together for you guys? A lot of it starts with, uh, like, we'll just kind of come in and, like, Ed or myself might have, like, a string of rips or sometimes just one and we'll show them to each other and kind of bash them out. And a lot of times, even, like, from the uh, beginning phases of it, it gets kind of flushed out and turned into something that's totally different. Um, I think uh, Juniper... Remembering the name, yeah. Uh, I think I came in with that one and I had like three or four riffs 
for like the whole beginning section and worked on it for a couple of weeks. And then we nixed like most of it and <laughs> came up with like totally different ideas and rebuilt it in a totally different way. So a lot of times it's kind of just bouncing ideas off of each other. These two are just like weird polyrhythm machines. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of uh, me and Robbie trying to figure out how they count. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, for, like, I think for most of the writing of this this album, um, like Nick and I would have like a practice where there's like just us, and then we would practice with you guys. We would have like all that like mathy stuff kind of figured out, and then try to get you guys up to speed. Um, and then there kind of really isn't like one way um, that like our writing process goes. I think it's it's, it's kind of a, <laughs> different for every song. Sometimes we have a lot of ideas already put together before we start working on it, and then it changes over several months or sometimes years. Because some of these songs we started writing, like, I mean, right after we put out the first EP, yeah. so it was like four years ago, five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, but uh, this one, especially, like, like Nick and I, with, with kind of put like a framework together, and then we just rehearse it a ton and Robbie and Jason would add their, their thing to it. And there wasn't a lot of like, um, at least there wasn't a ton of like suggestions either way of what we thought everyone should be doing. I mean, I think when it came to recording sometimes, like we, we adjusted some stuff. Yeah. But it, it, it was like super collaborative. Nice. A lot more so than the first EP, because the first EP, you know, we got on board and they had already wrote the songs and so we just, you know, learned what they already wrote. So this album, it was like our first album together where we all had our own little inputs and it was more yeah, collaborative. Nice. So I'm wondering about the, like actually playing these songs live. Do you, um, do you have to, do you have to chart any of that out or is there improvis improvisation going on when you're actually playing them? There's no neither. Neither. <laughs> neither of those <laughs> no charts, no improv. Yeah. <laughs> we have been accused of being a jam band. That is very, very far off. Yeah. Uh, it's all rehearsed. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we have to pound it until it's second nature. Yeah. Yeah. And the way that I like remember it, it's just like all like patterns. And like this pattern goes into that pattern and it's like puzzle pieces. And so like once you kind of get a feel for what those puzzle pieces are and how they go together, it, it's like <laughs> riding a bike. You just kind of, you play them so much. That's awesome. That's that's fantastic. So we did do more um, like cycling back through stuff as opposed to the first one where it was just like a song. This one has verses and choruses, kind of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a little bit more, I don't want to say repetition, but yeah, there's definitely there are like reoccurring themes from song to song. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, for sure. There are definitely, you can yeah. you can hear some of that in, in like, in, uh, what was it? Uh, really like, uh, shit, Juniper. Um, mm, yeah. has some has some of that going on. It's cool. Yeah, I... Still, I have no idea what our song names are because we read them as we have them as numbers for the longest time. So, like, we know them as like, oh, this is nine or this is six. And then at the last minute, you throw names on them, and all of a sudden, it's like, wait, what? I know this is six, not Juniper, or like whatever. Juniper was actually fun. Oh, see, there you go. <laughs> no, we totally show up for shows with printed out set lists that are just a list of numbers. Yeah, I've got it on the wall over there. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> crazy! So, um, so how did you guys get into like individually into playing this style of music? Um, what was your um, what were your influences that kind of um, drove the songwriting and your playing? Um, I'll start with uh, Nick. Um, I don't know. I used to be really into progressive rock, like Dream Theater type stuff, uh, King Crimson. Tool, uh, Mars Volta, and just wanted to play music that had uh, loud, dynamic, interesting drums um, and just cool parts. You know, if I can throw in an odd time or kind of do some mischievous, tricky uh, rhythms, you know, good. Um, yeah. But 
I just wanted to make music that rocked and was a little bit more um, interesting to listen to and to play because, you, you know, you play a song enough and it gets boring and I feel like our songs, it's hard to get bored because they're, um, they're hard to play. <laughs> you know, you can't, uh, you can't check out during the set at all. Um, and so I hope as, as listeners that people can't check out of our songs either. And uh, so that's, that's where I kind of came from. Cool. Uh, Ed, how about you? Um, pretty much Nick 100% got me into it. Um, when we started playing with each other, like back in high school, um, like I basically just wanted to be like Guns N' Roses, uh, like Skid Row, kind of like, like trashy rock and roll. And uh, Nick was kind of floating um, a lot more uh, interesting stuff my way. And over time, I definitely took to that. Hey, John. Hi. Hey, John. I might just buy myself out on my porch again. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> awesome. But then, like, um, when we... When we started doing Dead Hour Noise for a long time, uh, we kind of like consciously got away from it and wanted to do more nasty and like evil sounding shit, um, which was which was great. But then after a long period of time, um, kind of got bored of, of all that. And I was like, okay, I want to make music that's more musical again. Um, and that's pretty much where we started with Anvil College. Cool, cool. Uh, Jason, how about you? I grew up, uh, I, I kind of like all things music. I, I definitely kind of grew up being super into Rush, and, and it's kind of, this is weird, but it's almost more of like a newfound thing to be more into, like King Crimson. Uh, but I was like really boundary pushing bands. Like I'm huge into like Dillinger Escape Plan. I like really broad stuff like, uh, like, like Buried in Me that's, that's, it combines a lot of really heavy, aggressive, technical stuff with here's a random country breakdown, and here's a really long, drawn-out, smooth jazz section. And uh, I, I really like the opportunity to kind of bring a lot of different styles all together into one piece and kind of try to make it work and be cohesive without, without sounding forced. Yeah. I think it's, it's, there's a fine line between, you know, being able to cut from one genre to the next without it sounding like you're really trying to make it happen. Or like trying to be silly. Or, or that, yeah. Well, We're not trying to be ironic about it or anything, yeah. but we, we have a lot of different influences that all kind of come together. I think finding a way to just make that melt is, is what I mean, keeps it interesting for us. Like Nick said, it's hard to check out while you're playing. It's not, <laughs> not easy stuff, you know, you have to constantly paying attention and for me that's fun i like i like having something that keeps my attention and that's easy to get into while i'm playing it yeah yeah definitely uh robbie how about you for me like this has been a whole experience because not only am i really learning how to be a true bass player but i'm also trying to keep up with these assholes like being really good at what they do <laughs> But uh, I like the journey. I like the challenge. It is nice to kind of keep things fresh. Um, but I'm starting to like really like now every time I hear a song before, I'd always listen to guitar riffs and solos. And now it's all bass. That's it. So like Danny <laughs> Lee, Chris Squire, you know, like you just you focus in on it and you just kind of like that like deep tone. And I love the fact that bass like, you know, it's more of how it feels and how that tone is going to like punch through the mix or smooth it out. It's been a fun process. I like it a lot. Awesome. Awesome. So if you guys could go, uh, each of you could uh, have a, a beverage, whatever beverage of your choice is with uh, somebody uh, alive or dead, uh, who would that be? And who would, what would you like to talk to them about? Uh, let's start with uh, Jason. Oh, man. Oh. Probably, probably not be the most exciting, but I might pick David Gilmore. How cool! I'm a big fan of his style, 
um, which I don't think comes across in anything that I do. <laughs> that cover show. Oh yeah, 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 I did do a yeah, I did do a dark side of the moon cover show. I played bass on that, so it doesn't count. <laughs> Still killed it, but no, I I, I think I uh, yeah, I think that's who I picked just for a you know random chat about who you know illustrious career and yeah. I feel like yeah, about drink, drink absinthe with that one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's probably less a tea drinker. A tea drinker. Yeah. <laughs> that that, that yeah. might sound like like two years in Irish whiskey coffee or something. <laughs> Uh, Nick. I want to talk to Apex Twin. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like he just would have a really interesting take on things. And he's got such just like a twisted sound and a little bit of a twisted mind that it'd be fun to plumb those depths because he doesn't have the interviews. You know, it kind of keeps everybody at a distance and it'd be interesting to get in there and see how he makes the music he does um, and make it so unique and make things that are totally just disgusting and nasty and almost just raw, ugly sound and things that are super pretty and they get sampled in Kanye West songs. So I think he would be like a really fun person to go out and have a drink with. <laughs> Yeah, and talk to him about those videos because those disturb Oh, yeah, oh, the Chris Cunningham video. <laughs> Put his face on everything. <laughs> it was, oh, yeah. Nightmares. I, yeah, exactly. I, I, I felt freaked out after the first time I thought. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is oh. this? Jesus. All those videos are just wild to watch. Right? <laughs> uh, Ed, how about you? Um, no. <laughs> It's not really like Flash. No, it's just Flash. Um, if I if I wanted to like hang out with uh one that I like, look up to, uh, pick their brain. Uh, I don't know. I'd probably do uh, uh something I would think about honestly. Um. Time to go. I'm just not that interested in talking to my uh, people I like guys, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Stuff, I've I've met people that I look up to before, and so it's like awkward as hell. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every every time I've I've met somebody that I, I admire, I always feel like I'm a total ass because I'm not like <laughs> not like being a dick to them or anything, but I just like well, I'm like, um, uh, what the, I don't know the right term. I guess I'm shy. I, I just don't like uh, when I talk to people, like I'm totally, you know, fine to talk with people I know. Um, totally fine to do something like this. But if I, if, if we're in somewhere with, with somebody I admire, I get tongue tied even like right now I'm a little bit, but, um, and I'm like, uh, uh, you know, like I've met, um, uh, fuck, I can't even think of his name. Um, uh, the lead singer for Overkill, um, Bobby Blitz. Um, did an interview with him over at um, St. Andrews and I was like so fucking nervous because I you know I really <laughs> idolized that guy when you know when the first and I was like fuck how am I gonna not like be sweating and be a jackass here so I, I totally feel you Ed because I'm like every time I feel like just like that there's no reason for this person to ever want to you know once they get done talking with me they're gonna go who was that fucking guy I mean, it's just like if it naturally happens, like that's cool or whatever. Um, every time I've like approached someone, yeah, it's like it's like you're like, oh, I I like their music a lot. It's, it means so much to me. I'm like, okay, thanks, dude. <laughs> I I don't think I've done it since I was like 16, maybe, but <laughs> right. <laughs> but like, you know, like I said, up here, it's like I don't need to be like my idols. It's, it's, it's all good. <laughs> uh, Robbie, how about you? I'm gonna be obvious with this one but i feel like i'd want to meet lemmy and have a jack and coke with him <laughs> or just a whole bottle of jack <laughs> but uh i don't know i would just want to listen honestly i think he would be a cool guy to be around yeah yeah i'm sure i mean uh i can't imagine what it would have been like to be on tour with him or something you know just hanging out with him and uh, he yeah. just seems very like very sure of himself 
confident and just, you know, he's going to have fun, whatever he does. So yeah. <laughs> to be around that energy, I think would be pretty sweet. Yeah. And kind of like a no bullshit person, right? Like yeah, he'd yeah. either tell you like you're cool or he'd say, just fuck off. Right. I know. <laughs> and I still love in that uh, documentary where Scott Ian was talking about meeting him and he said, hey, Lenny came out, we're wearing like board shorts, like past our knees. And he comes out and wearing like Daisy Dukes and he looks over at us and we're looking at him. And we're just thinking like, dude, your shorts are short. <laughs> What are you talking about? It's like, we're wearing shorts. Like, what the hell are you wearing? He said, you guys are wearing pants. These are shorts. And he's like, he just does this mo like motion. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> um, wow, shit. Where was I going to go with that? Oh, um, so kind of switching gears a little bit. Um, what was the last um, album? And I, it doesn't have to be like an actual physical album. It could be um, somebody's music you bought to stream or whatever. Um, what was that band and, and or artist and, um, what was it about that music that, um, like influenced you to buy it? Uh, Jason. Last thing I bought, I just, well, I just pre-ordered, it's not out yet, but the, the newest Queens of the Stone Age album. Oh, nice. Um, I just saw they came out with that. Yeah. They just put a single out. Um, Without fail, I'll I'll buy everything they put out and I don't care. Um, no, I don't know. Just a huge huge fan of what they do. It's it's approachable rock music that's also just kind of it's not made in that conventional like pop rock kind of ethos. It's it's yeah. very much got kind of a heavy metal mentality of, of being kind of aggressive and dark and dissonant dark for sure but also still like catchy yeah uh, yeah i just saw that they person, um so. they had a new album but i hadn't checked out the the song yet yeah it's, uh... it's cool i don't know yet if it's going to be my favorite album or not but i don't care i'll buy it nonetheless <laughs> <laughs> what's the name of the album with the red cover yeah, I was just thinking uh, about that. Songs for the Dead. Song, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. it. And that's and that, that's uh, one that's got Dave Grohl on drums. Yeah. I, I, remember, I remember when, uh, I mean, 2001, 2002, or whatever it was, I was in high school when that came out. And I remember I remember hearing the, that No One Knows song on the radio as a teenager and just being like, what the fuck is this? This is not like anything else that's on the radio. Yeah. And it was on, it was actually like years later before I figured out what it was because that was like before internet was accessible to me. And, yeah, uh, I forgot that problem. <laughs> Where you like on a song you like, but you never couldn't quite figure out what it was. Oh, yeah. Time. Yeah. But yeah, once <laughs> once I figured it out years later, I, I, I backtracked and got the whole discography. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And that that album, it's so dumb how I came across that album. But one of the songs they featured on that movie Triple X with Vin Diesel. <laughs> and I was like, man, that song's sweet. <laughs> and that's why I found out about that album from Queen Stone Age. <laughs> yeah, I found um I don't know if you guys are familiar with the band The Doves. Um, oh yeah. But I uh I I found that band through a video game. One of their tunes was on there. I think uh, Catch the Sun. And I was like, oh, shit, this is pretty cool. And then I bought the album. I was like, holy fuck. The, the rest of the album was much better than that tune, but it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's always nice when that works out. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Nick, how about you? What was the last album? Um, just today, I bought uh, Young and the Ways' final album, uh, Ride Off and Die. Um, that was released in 2020. They released When Life Comes to Death in like 2014 and then kind of disappeared. And I had heard this one as a bootleg but was never able to find it. And then embedded in some blog post, I found a link to their band camp um, where it was selling. But like you can't search for it on band camp. You search the artist or the album. Uh, I could only find it through this one thing. So as soon as I found it, I just bought it because... Uh, their band that just has a totally gross sound that um it's just sound, it's evil it's evil music 
you know, when I, when I, when I'm in that kind of mood, that's all I want. And I have not been able to find it with another band. So I was just bumping it on the way over here. Um, nice. So yeah, that was mine. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Robbie, how about you? Um, yeah, the last album that I bought was the band that you guys played with at this place, the Trees band. What oh, the Wind in the Trees. Oh, Wind in the, the Trees. And I bought, they played, and I'd never heard them before. I'd never heard of them. I had no idea what they sounded like, but when they played, I was just like, dang, these guys are sweet. And um, I don't know, I guess they played with like See You Next Tuesday and stuff, but they just kind of have that like, not quite, like almost like grindcore, like it just, you know, really heavy sounding shit. And yeah. I just had to buy their record. But lately I like buying albums in situations that I'm in to just kind of remind me of that night, you know? So now every time I look at that record, I would be like, damn, that was a sweet show. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, and Ed? Um, I can't remember the last couple length I bought. I didn't, I recently bought the Chat Pile and Rarever split. Um, it's like it's good. really cool Northern Rock uh, um, from the Midwest. Uh, that felt kind of like a um, more true old school, like early 90s kind of sounding noise rock and everything cool, but more like hardcore influence. Um, but that's a really neat um, split. Um, still waiting for that to show up in the mail. I'm putting it off my porch before it. Yeah, so yeah, they knew oh, you got God. one of the 666 yeah. copies yeah. and sniped it off your it's porch. <laughs> But I might have bought another one, but that's that's the last one that I, that's just, I remember. Nice. Uh, what was the very first concert that you guys, each of you guys, went to? Uh, Robbie. I don't want to answer that. Maybe I, do. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what is it? Bring it to Backstreet Boys Band. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Literally on the Millennium Tour. Oh. <laughs> that's awesome. My oh. sister, my older sister, she's four years older, but. You know, she went with her friend, and my mom was like, "Well, I don't have anybody watch Rob, so you're just gonna come with us." I'm like, "All right, whatever." <laughs> that was my first concert. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> uh, Nick, how about you? Uh, my first real concert was seeing the Dillinger Escape Plan um, upstairs in the Pike Room at the Crowfoot. Holy so, shit! Uh, so we got there early, and we were up front, and. Um, as soon as they started, like the barrier flipped, people were pouring onto the stage. Greg and Ben shimmied on stage from the pipes. They came from the back of the room and just dropped into the people. The security was handing out water to everybody because it was like 200 degrees. It was just the most, it was an undulating mash of flesh, just kind of sweating and grooving together as their shows off yeah and like you know i don't know if i've ever seen so much blood at a concert because <laughs> everybody's just arms and elbows and knees and but if you if you were going down like it would just open up and arms would grab you and pull you back from that i don't know if i'll see you again because i've seen the dillinger escape plan a few times bigger rooms but just the confines of that <laughs> upstairs room it was just incredible <laughs> i think like my favorite moment from dillinger is when they played at that mall and <laughs> he just like jesus walked over everybody like you know you got greg the singer and he's like goes back and then he just books it and runs and just like stepping on people's heads, like crowd surfing, but just like Jesus walking. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Ed. Uh, mine was Cinderella and Poison at Common Ground, whatever year that was. It's like 2007, maybe 2006. No, nice. earlier than that. That's probably 2004. Nice. Uh, it was either that or Mark Knopfler. It was like that same summer. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mark Knopfler would be awesome. Mark Knopfler was awesome. It's Dire Straits, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's a cool guitar player. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't want to say underrated, but like kind of. Yeah, he's underrated. People don't realize. I was talking to Cody about this the other day because he's been trying to learn some of this stuff. And he's like, dude, people realize how hard this is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, I, I, uh, I took guitar lessons like years and years ago, and I thought um, it would be cool to try to learn Sultans of Swing. Oh, yeah. I still can't yeah. fucking play it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I learned like three or four chords and called it a day. Yeah. You think it's simple, it's, it's deceptively challenging. Yeah. Yeah. The way he plays it, though, is so, it's like, so, like you're saying, it's like smooth, you know? Effortless. Yeah. 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 And he's going in between, you know, either doing, uh, and, and he finger picks too, doesn't he? I don't, yeah. I don't think he uses picks. You know, he plays solos. It was yeah, it's it's wild to, to watch him and, and Jeff back. He's another one. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. When did he pass away? That was in July. After ago. Johnny Depp won his trial. Oh my and god! And then he died like two weeks yeah. later. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jason. Uh, my first show, I think it was like nine or ten. I uh, saw Weird Al. Nice. That you know, uh, that I, I'd have to go. I got to go back through all the shows. I swear to God, that's one of the biggest ones. Like a lot of people yeah. have seen Weird Al at the first concert. <laughs> that's wild. I, uh, my, I mean, you know, I was a kid. Had lessons, so I yeah. definitely like you know was into that as a child. And yeah. uh, he was he played uh, the Chesapeake Showboat. I remember my mom, you know, buying tickets because was all excited to take us to this show. And she swears up and down that it's still one of the best concert concerts she's ever seen, awesome. which is crazy because she, you know, she's gone to see like Metallica. And That's the, cool. All the old school big bands. If nothing compared to Weird Al, yeah, man. Weird Al <laughs> holds an edge on the rest of them. I'm looking forward to. Uh, he's Did there's a doc yeah. there's a documentary I think on him, isn't there? Or a movie? Oh my god! Yeah, well, they're doing the one with. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe, yeah, uh, playing Weird Al, yeah, the kid who played Harry Potter, yeah, yeah. I no, I totally watched it. Is it good? Oh, it's it's hysterical. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's all bullshit. <laughs> but it's hysterical. As in should you? It's ridiculous. It's all hell. That movie you went to? Yeah, that was you and your VHS. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. If you could, if you guys could play anywhere in the world, uh, where would you like to play, and who would you like on the bill with you? I don't know how to answer on the bill, but I know where I want to play, and it's not even a big venue. It's just I want to play there. <laughs> but St. Vitus Bar in New York, because oh, yeah. I've seen so many, because they they record shows, and so on YouTube, especially during like quarantine, like I've watched so many live shows from St. Vitus Bar. And now I'm like, I got it right there. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Nick, how about you? Anywhere, eh? It'd be cool to play at Red It's like playing in a mountain. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who would be on the bill, though. Yeah. That's a really hard question. <laughs> We can come back to it. Yeah, I, I, I know. It doesn't matter if anybody can play. Anybody. Play with us. <laughs> like, do I want to put together, like, the craziest bill of, like, bands that wouldn't go together? Or would I want to have a theme? Like, would it be like, can I get, like, Weird Al and DMX <laughs> and the Mars Volta on the same stage? <laughs> Is it possible? Could you imagine all those fan bases coming together? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know that the Mars Volta is playing at, in Austin at the Austin City Limits. Oh yeah. And, and Shania Twain's there. So. Hell yeah. That's that's kind of like a random pairing right there. Yeah. Shania Twain yeah. And Mars Volta. Yeah, and the Foo Fighters and um, some other bands, but. Oh, I think I saw it fly that. Yeah. Wait, does that mean it's all going to be televised and recorded? Yeah. Uh, those are those like DVDs, right? Yeah. Awesome but, city limits. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, we're gonna um, we're actually going to the first weekend of it, so that'll be fun. Oh, nice. Wow. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, my um, my buddy um, Jeff turned sixty, and uh, and so we, you know, kind of a thing, you know, when you 
we travel a lot together and he, and we were saying, so where do you want to go? And he's going, well, uh, I only want to go for a week somewhere. We're like, where the fuck are we going to, you know, and then he was, we thought about some place and like a week's not enough time, but if you go to Texas, it's enough time. So yeah, <laughs> enough time to go uh, drink some beers and eat some barbecue and then go to this festival. So visit a Bucky's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what a my burger. Sister, <laughs> and my sister, she uh, lived in Texas for the past five years. And so now she's moving to Florida. Nice. Did we lose? No, we just switched to a new person. Oh, oh yeah, we got Jamie. Oh, Jamie. That's my fiance. Hi, hey, guys. Jamie. How are you? <laughs> Hello. Good. Hi. Hi, beautiful. Hi, honey. Sorry I'm late. <laughs> Oh, and a bunch of updates to do on this computer so no, no. i'm glad yeah uh so jason how about you man i don't know um i hate to say it, i really like the red rocks idea see uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, i mean that place was awesome so like i saw during the pandemic uh like right after it first started gojira put up their set from Red Rocks that you could stream for like a week. Oh, yeah. And oh my God. It just like looks just amazing playing as the sun's going down over that. That's it. And Opeth played there too. Did it? The man. It does. It looks really sweet. The yeah. way like all the lights hit off the rocks and everything. Yeah. And I mean, as far as like who would play with us, like I don't know. I like DMX now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really like I like the, the, the weird like collaboration of different types of artists, but I want to like resurrect bands that I didn't get a chance to see. Well, I did oh, yeah. see Dillinger Escape Plan, but we should have them and, and yeah, Soundgarden bring back the Soundgarden would be sweet and uh Outcast. Oh yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, they're still alive. That could happen. <laughs> There you go. And uh, Ed? Um, just in general, I've always been curious to play in Europe. I just hear that uh, everyone I know who's toured over there says it's just a totally different live music culture. Um, there's just a different kind of enthusiasm. Um, it's a lot more, uh, it's a lot less, at least from what I've heard, it's a lot less uh, like, like niche or clicky. Like it's like you get a bunch of different age groups coming out to like punk and metal shows. Yeah, that's always sounded interesting. Um, as far as like who we would play with, um, I guess I'd like just kind of agree with like the weird mix still too. I like a lot of different kind of music. I think it'd be cool to have like uh, like a jazz artist with like a like a uh, like a hair metal band and like a mathcore band and like maybe like. Uh, Someone who like oh that's hip hop yeah whatever and then mix it up. Uh, I don't really have like a. Be cool to play with Converge. I guess that's one band I've watched with. Oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I saw uh, Converge open for At the Gates. Dang, that would have been really sweet. Yeah. At, at, at the Gates, that um not their most recent album, but that At War with Reality or. Oh, the yeah. one that had like the black cover. I love that record. And the funny thing is, it came out, the release date in the US is the same date that my oldest daughter was born. Nice. Nice. So I got that connection with it. At, uh, at the Gates and Carcass were my uh, gateways into Death Metal. Carcass is sweet. Carcass, is yeah. nice. Carcass Heartwork and, yep, um, yep. Uh, man, I can never remember the title of the. It's not Slaughter of the Soul. It's the one that came before and has this song called The Beautiful Wound um, at the gates. Um, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't think of the name of it. I can see the cover, and I could probably reach over there and grab it. But, um, yeah, that, I, I heard that album. I was like, holy shit, because it had uh, – there's, like, some cello in there, and then, you know, of course, the you know the, the at the gate sound. Um, I was, like, such a fan uh, then that, like, that was this was, like – pre it was like cds i was in the 90s i think 90 something um 93 maybe four and i wrote them a letter they wrote me back letter sent me a, a signed picture and stuff and so then when i got to actually like interview those dudes like uh i think i interviewed them in chicago um i brought the little 
picture, you know, like, how's that guy? That's cool, man. That's really cool. You know, <laughs> oh, it's one of those moments, huh? <laughs> yeah. Once again, once again. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, Carcass, though, they had that record that was um, like 2014, but Surgical Steel, when they came out with that one, like later on, you're just like, dang, all right, these guys still got it. And yeah. they're still dishing them out. I think they just recently came out with a newer one. Yeah, I uh, can't remember. I I bought it, but I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, like last year or something, it came out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, what you know, like, um, I know it's mood dependent. Let's say that you're um just cruising in the car. You're on a long trip. What's what's one tune <coughs> you're gonna like is always gonna be in that playlist for you guys? Uh, Jason. Not just the tune, but the whole California by uh, Mr. Bungle album. That's oh. a sweet one. So that's a that's a good uh, driving one for me. Nice, nice. Uh, Robbie. Skip me. You gotta come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pulling it head. <laughs> Excellent. I'm still thinking about who I want to talk. <laughs> uh nick how about you oh okay i'm trying to think of the song name um by crystal waters oh uh she's homeless gypsy woman gypsy woman <laughs> by crystal waters the 90s club house just oh my god <laughs> i haven't i haven't gone on a road trip in the past like year without that getting played at least once <laughs> As soon as those intro chords open up, and it's just, it's so 90s and so perfect, it's fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and uh, Ed? Um, there's definitely a lot in this category. I like long drives and listening to full albums on long drives, but if, like, if, like to sum up one album for me and that whole feeling is definitely a uh, Can Buy a Thrill by Steve Oh, yeah. That's a good one. It's great. Just driving on the highway. Sun's going down. Excellent. Awesome. Yeah, I have a song. I just have a song. If I'm driving and it is like a nice, you know, summer night, uh, Time Was by Can He is a very, very good song. It's very chill. I like that. That's my choice. Nice. And uh, Jamie, how about you? Oh gosh, I don't know. Um, I don't really get to listen to music and watch movies and stuff that much, so I'm not really sure off the top of my head. All right, um, come back to me. <laughs> I'll think of one. It could be Amble Crawler. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Actually, I have I have their CD in my car. I listen to it pretty regularly. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he heard me rap out to that. It's pretty funny. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, both my kids have have Anvil. My youngest one, he watches it on YouTube, and then my oldest one, he has it on his Spotify, and we have the CDs and stuff, so we listen to it pretty regularly. So. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So, um, so what do you guys? Oh, have? John, we gotta ask John. John the deck. John's gone. Oh, John. Yeah, John bailed. Uh. See, we weren't cool enough to John. <laughs> <laughs> Calling him out. That's right. We'll have to. Uh, I'll have to message him afterwards. <laughs> so, uh, what do you guys have uh, coming up as far as uh, gigs and and such for the for the rest of summer? Nothing uh, in stone. I mean, we have there's stuff that we're talking about in the fall. Summer is kind of a, a wash for us. Um, Working on getting a new van, um, so yeah, nothing immediately until at least September. September at the earliest, and for October. You know, we, we we are talking to some very cool bands about shows. Actually, one of those shows is kind of locked in out. We're, we're we're playing with Lucius Fox at Matchbox. Oh yeah, and then we're Yeah, but we actually never confirmed that. But but apparently we're both. But then. Max Bar reached out to us about another show. It's like, hey, I know I got you down for this show with Luke Spots, but and we was like, yeah, sure, yeah, I guess we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got nothing else going on. <laughs> we, yeah, um, that would be.
would be sweet to see you guys with Lucius Fox. That'd be awesome. Well, we're trying to get a split together with them. Um, yeah. But man, that's I, been I, in the works forever. Well, I think they're they're probably done. Yeah, they're done with their Yeah. Which is on the agenda. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're doing this summer. Is we're gonna write more music. Okay, yeah, no, we're gonna write. Yeah, we're gonna write a lot of music. Awesome. Awesome. Start working on the next album. Cool. Well, I'll I'll stay in tune with the uh, social media and stuff because I I definitely want to see you guys again. Um, the new album is awesome, so I got to see some of the colors live. That would be great. Oh yeah. So that's the same. Same here. <laughs> especially uh, whatever the I, I can't say it still. So Sam or Sam McDrama. Whatever the hell that word is. Yeah. Christ. Uh, so guys, thanks again for being on. Fans of bands, I really appreciate it. I just got one last question for you. Sure. And that is pineapple or no pineapple on pizza, Jason? Yeah, pineapple all the way. Yes. Yes? Not if I'm buying. Pineapple, <laughs> you got to have like a little bit of spice in there too. So I do like pineapple, bacon, and jalapeno. Oh, I feel that, like that would be pretty good. good. Yeah, that's a good combo. Uh, I nice. definitely enjoy pineapple on pizza, but if it's not, if it's up to me, I wouldn't go for it. Man, yeah. even split. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, if if it was there, I might. Well, I I would definitely pick it off. Um, but it would be not my first choice. Uh, so Jamie, you're a you're a pineapple person. I like pineapple. Yeah, usually not on my pizza, but the way Robbie said it sounds delicious. <laughs> he got me to eat pickle pizza, so pickle oh, pizza is really good. <laughs> yeah, pickle pizza, fantastic. Yeah. And salad pizzas too. I like salad pizzas. Yeah. I, I think anything with bacon. You know, I eat pizza with bacon, boom, you're good. I like all the meats, just yeah. any kind of meat on it. Just, just slab it all on there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, thanks again for being on Bands with Bands. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. All right. See ya. See ya. Bye. Many thanks to Ed, Nick, Jason, Robbie, John, and Jamie for joining me on this episode of Fans with Bands. Anvil Crawler is an incredible band, and it was a joy to finally get to talk with them. It was interesting to learn about how the band formed and their journeys as musicians. As usual, we've delved back into first albums and such, which is always a lot of fun. Anvil Crawler is spending the summer working on new music and hope to do some shows in September. I know that I'll be keeping an eye out for them. See the show notes for all the details and links. These are tough times for everyone in the creative industries such as music. Your support of live streaming, purchasing music, and merchandise is critical. If you can help out your local artists, please do. If you are in the Michigan area, consider following the Playing in the Detroit Area Tonight Facebook page. It is a place for fans and bands to support each other and share our combined love of music. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans with Bands. Spread the word by rating the show and leaving a comment. We want to hear what you think. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jams. <laughs>